0: Once again, good morning. It's great to see everyone, and welcome to our sixth week in our Soulful Conversations uh, sermon series. This, my name is Sean Bolton, and I'm going to be talking to you about praying for love. And to kind of kick that off and dig into it a little bit, I want you to consider a, a quick question. Just think about it: Have you ever had anyone in your life that is just plain good at showing love to other people? Just good at love, showing love to others, just maybe comes naturally to them. They don't really have to think about it or go out of their way to show love. Um, It just seemingly flows out of them. That person for me in my life, I'm I'm fortunate enough that that person in my life is my wife, Karina. And I'm not just searching for brownie points here, really. She is really good at it. Um, She's caring and always thinking of other people, and and it comes easy for her. Fourth of July weekend, you know, she planned, coordinated this giant party to accommodate both of our families at our house, outside picnic. It rained a little bit. But we had a carport, so it was fine. It was just an awesome weekend that she planned. Um, it, those kinds of things come come naturally for her, and she makes she you know for me personally, she is just so great at making a huge deal out of the things that are important to me. She knows the things that I like. She knows that I I love sports. She made it a point really early on to to learn the different sports teams that I like. I won't mention them now, but uh, <laughs> we you know. She's really good at those types of things. Um, we do, as, as any parents with small children that grow like weeds, uh, we do a fair amount of consignment shop shopping and uh, thrift store shopping. And she always makes it a point in, when she, we go into those stores to look for jerseys or T-shirts or sweatshirts of the sports teams that I like for Derek to wear. It's a really cool thing that she does. Um, I have a quick picture here. This is Derek um, decked out in his Penguins gear. He's making us a pregame meal for one of the Stanley Cup Finals games. So like that kind of thing, it's a small thing, but it shows me how much she appreciates me and is tuned into the things that are important to me. Not that I'm biased, but he's a cute little guy. <laughs> so this morning, again, we're going to dig into this topic of praying for love. And if you dig out in your outlines, uh, that we're gonna, I'm going to read with, with you the First Thessalonians 3, 11 through 13. Um, it's Paul's prayer for... For uh, of love for a group of people who are doing pretty well at this whole loving others thing, but he, he found that that he needed to pray this prayer. And if you follow along with me, it goes like this: Paul says, "Now may our God and Father Himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May He strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father." when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So when Paul prays and he takes the time to write a prayer down, it's amazing to me how his prayers pour out from the flow of what he's writing. He's not just like randomly saying, I'm going to pray here. Whatever he's writing at the time, his prayers flow out of that and what the Holy Spirit's asking him to write. They, they make sense in the flow of everything else. So to, to set the, kind of set this up, in his first letter to the church in Thessalonica, Paul expresses, he's expressing his concern for the Thessalonians' faith. They're a relatively new church. They've only been uh, following Christ for about two years at this point in time. Paul actually helped plant their church. And uh, in those couple of years, they've come under a lot of persecution. Because of that persecution, Paul begins to worry about their faith. He's concerned that that that's going to cause them to lose their faith. So he has this desire to go to them and check up on them. But because he can't, he ends up sending his... His spiritual son Timothy, he sends them to see how they're doing. And when Timothy returns with their like spiritual report card, it gives them an A plus 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 plus. Like they're doing awesome. They um they're not only doing well, but their love for each other and their love for God, it, it can't be contained. It's overflowing to each other and to their city and beyond. So much so that later on in this letter. In uh, chapter 4, Paul says, Now about brotherly love, again, he's talking to the Thessalonians, about brotherly love we do not need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other, and in fact, you do love all, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia, which is a city within Thessalonica. Yet we urge you, brothers, do, to do so more and more. So this, this kind of makes me think of the question of if they're doing so well, they're doing so well at loving others, and, which is evidenced through the spreading of the gospel through Macedonia, if they're doing so awesome at it, why is Paul compelled to pray for them? Why is he, continued, why is he compelled to pray for them to continue to love well? You know, it would seem that they have a pretty good handle on it at this point. And I believe that the answer is that the, the reason that Paul felt compelled to pray for them is because he knew how important love is. Paul knew that it was important. Paul knew that it was important for the Thessalonians to continue to grow in their love because he knew that love is so much more than a feeling. It's more than that warm, fuzzy feeling you get get when you're in love with somebody. It's more than those goosebumps that you get. It is an action, as Pastor Sean kind of said in his prayer. It's an action. And our love for God is displayed in those actions. Our love for family is seen in how we treat them or act towards them. And the same is true with our friends, our family, our neighbors, our coworkers, everybody that runs into our lives. And the same is true for our relationship with God. So in talking about this action love, I want to watch a little bit of a video that kind of of, uh, introduces that topic. What are
1: some things that you love? Do you love your mom? Do you love your children? Do you love your friends? This is pretty standard love stuff, right? Love is a word that truly describes how we feel about our relationships. Or is it? Aren't there some other things that we love as well? Don't some of us love sports? Don't some of us love music? Don't some of us love hamburgers? Why is it that the word we use to describe our relationships is the same word we use when we talk about our favorite restaurant? The word love can be loaded at times, but there is a difference, right? I mean, the way that we feel about our spouse is different than the way that we feel about our favorite flavor of ice cream, but what makes them different? Well, the difference between those two types of love can best be seen through our actions. That's right, how we treat the people in our lives says the most about how much we love them, and when you look at love from that perspective, it makes Jesus' sacrifice on the cross all that much more meaningful. His actions display the ultimate love. God shows actions, not just words, to show us His love. So in your own relationships, remember that I love you isn't just something that we say. Ultimately, it's something that we do.
0: So love is something that we do, and God displayed His love for us through His actions, and He invites us to love in the exact same way. And that's why today we're going to pray for God's love to grow in us and to strengthen us for the journey, and then overflow into the lives of those around us. We pray with me, Father God. Thank you so much for your love, and I just I pray that prayer, God, that your your love would strengthen us for the journey, and and over, overwhelm us and and overflow into the people in our lives, God. Help us to take this action love out into the world and do the work that you've called us to. Help us to love well in the same way that Paul's praying for the Thessalonians, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's going to bring us to our first point, which is that love grows and overflows. Love grows and overflows. Verse 12 says, May the Lord make your love increase, and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. So again, I find it interesting and just awesome that Paul pauses to pray for the Thessalonians, not because of what they need or what they want, but for their progress to continue. And as you read through this letter, this prayer follows his excitement about Timothy's good report to him. They were doing so much better than he could have ever expected that he couldn't help but to pray a prayer of blessing for them. And, if, and you can almost see, if Paul were there, you could almost see him placing his hands on their shoulders and praying these words. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. Awesome prayer for these people that I, I believe translates to us as well. Paul is praying, for this, praying this for them not because they're doing anything wrong but for their continued growth of their love because they were doing awesome. He knows from his personal experience that loving God and others with all that you have is the foundation for, for which Christ followers build their life on. That kind of love, foundational action love, that strengthens your faith. Foundational action love strengthens your faith. There's no power in a Christian's life without love. You can read the Bible, you can go to, go to church, you can pray the right prayers, give your tithes and offerings, but if you don't have God's life, it, love in your life, you will be a powerless Christian. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says that love is the most powerful thing in the universe. It says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And our series resource, Praying the Prayers of Paul, says this about the importance of love. Love is so important because love is the only spiritual muscle that motivates us to do the right things in the right ways for the right reasons and at the right times. And listen to this it says, It is the mark of the Christian life that is to set us apart from those in the world. As the song says, They will know us by your love. In your outlines, if you can underline or mark that, that section that says, It is the mark of the Christian life that is to set us apart. From those in the world. I think that's just a really powerful statement. This is why Paul is so excited to pray for them and desperately wanting them to continue to grow in their love and allow it to overflow, because he knew that it was a mark for them. It was like a tattoo that identified them as a Christ follower. You can think of it as like your invisible Jesus fish that shows everyone the Savior that you follow. And that it was so different from anything that the people that people see and experience apart from Jesus. Now I would bet that if I pulled the room and asked everyone individually, that most of us would say that we're pretty good at this love thing, that we care about other people, we do our best to show love to those around us. So why in the world, like in addition to just praying for this, why in the world, if we already kind of have a handle on this, why are we spending an entire Sunday talking about a conversation with God about love? And I think, as Paul did, because it's so important, And we can always do better. We never can be just like, we got it. We're good with this love thing. Love is the only thing that moves us outside of ourselves to join with others to help others. Again, it's an action word. Allows us to join with others to help others. The need for love like this in our lives is the magnet that God uses to attract us to him. And without it, if we don't have that in our lives, we just have a God-sized hole. God's love is also the glue that binds us together in the body of Christ as a church family, as a Christian family. And it's the attraction that draws those outside of our family in. John 13, 35, in some of Jesus' last words to his disciples, he says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's the magnet that draws us, draws us into the, family, the kingdom of God. So Paul prays that this love God's love would increase within them to the point where it would overflow both to those within the church and outside of the church. And to illustrate how that love muscle can grow, I want to ask how many of you can remember the first time that you fell in love, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We got a few hands. The first time that you fell in love, you get those like tingly feelings. Yeah, we got a few hands still going up. (laughs) Um, When I met Karina, I was... I was 15, Karina was 14. We were high school sweethearts. So I can remember when I was as a 15 year old, what's so funny? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, we're adorable. <laughs> so I remember when I was in, when I was in high school. I would spending, I would spend hours, this is before text messaging, right? Spend hours writing like love notes to her, telling her how much I loved her and how special she was to me. And I would I would fold them like a certain kind of cool way that I don't remember how to do, so that she'd have to open it as like a Christmas present or something. And I would spend hours doing that, not to not to brag, but I was like the Michael Jordan of note writing. I really was. I couldn't I couldn't complete an algebra problem to save my life because I never studied. I was too busy writing notes. But I was really good at writing notes to to Karina and and telling her how special she was. And not only would I write, but I would do anything for her, anything I could. I was willing to do anything to let her know how much I loved her and how special she was to me as a 15-year-old. And that's kind of the point that I'm getting at. I was 15, and whatever love that I felt towards her, I immediately had to express it to her, like verbally. I had to tell her so that I was sure that she knew that was the only way that I could get my point across. Now, Karina and I have been married for nine, almost ten years now, and through lots of circumstances, disagreements, great times and not-so-great times, our love has grown and it overflows for one another. And as long as we continue to express our love in, in more than just words, through our actions, that love's going to continue grow, to grow. Years of acting in love towards each other has built a strong love between us. So much so that even if I don't spend hours painstakingly writing love notes to her or even just verbally saying, I love you, and vice versa, we know, we know that we have a love for each other. Our acts of love over the years have strengthened the loving bond that holds us together. And I want you to keep in mind that love, it's kind of like a a spiritual muscle that God's given us. The more that we exercise it, the more that it grows. And Paul wanted the Thessalonians to be firmly grounded in their faith through the active growth of their love. And the same is exactly this, is, is so true with our relationship with God. The more that we respond to God's love for us and express our love for him in both our words and our actions, the more our love muscle is going to grow. And it's, it's a lot like lifting weights, right? If you're lifting weights, if you're in the gym every day and, and putting the work in, your muscles are going to get bigger. They're going to grow. But if you're slacking, if you're not getting those workouts in, your, your muscles aren't going to. They're probably going to shrink. The more you exercise, the bigger your muscle is going to get. And God is inviting us to exercise this muscle with him. You can think of him as like a spiritual workout partner. He's going to help us allow our, muscle, our love muscle to grow. And Paul says that we have no reason for ever lacking in love because Romans 5, 5 says that God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So God's given us the love through the Holy Spirit, and if we're ever struggling with that, the Holy Spirit is living inside of us to help us. We have no excuse for not being awesome at this love thing. Paul's prayer for the Thessalonians, and I believe for us as well, is that God's love would increase within us to the point that it overflows both to those, again, to the inside the church and outside of it. And that's part of the challenge, uh, 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 challenge for us today is are we exercising this love muscle that God has freely given us to the fullness, to his full capacity? Are we really loving others as well as we could? Are we operating so much from a posture of love that those around us have no choice but to see Jesus through us? And I want to take a moment, if you pull out in your outline, to kind of Look at this, how we're doing with love. There's a love assessment. It looks like this. And it's based off of, uh, it's, it's from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And as you go down through the, um, through the questions, it will actually tell you the parts of the verse that it, it comes from. So what I want to do is just take a few minutes, um, and Alan's going to play, play some music for us. Take a few minutes to respond to this. Be honest about it. It's only you that's going to see it. And I want you to pick One person, one relationship that you can assess how well you're doing at loving, according to the description of godly love found in in 1 Corinthians 13. And then once you complete it, once you reflect on it for a minute, I want you to prayerfully consider this question. How is God's love growing and overflowing in your life? So hopefully that was helpful to you, and hopefully it allowed you to see that the growing in God's love to, to the point where it overflows with other, to others isn't easy. You know, we may not be doing as well in certain parts as we thought, but it is part of our spiritual journey, right? It's a lifelong journey, and that's a great lead into our next uh, part of Paul's prayer, which is that love strengthens us for that journey. Love strengthens us for the journey. Verse 13 says, May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So again, we know that Paul was pleasantly surprised. That's probably an understatement. He's probably ecstatic with the progress that the Thessalonians had made in in spreading the gospel into Macedonia. And the main reason was that they had had such success uh, was the, the, the love that they had shared with these people. You know, you can imagine that the Thessalonians had to have been on like a spiritual high. They're seeing people come to Christ. They're able to spread the gospel. They're seeing this this, this message get spread. And you can imagine they're just on cloud nine. And Paul knew that. He knew that they were doing well. But remember, he's not praying uh, for them to do well. He's not praying for them to do well. He's praying for the continued growth of their love so their hearts will be strengthened. Remember, they're being persecuted. They need their hearts to be strengthened. This indicates that our lives, again, really are a journey, a pilgrimage. Think back to Daybreak's vision statement, helping people discover a life-changing journey with Christ. It's a lifelong process of uh, figuring out this this love thing, and and our hearts getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And, And we have... And we have to understand that we never are going to reach a point in that journey, at least not while we're here on this earth, where God is going to tell us to sit back and relax and be like, Sean, you're good. You loved enough. We're never going to get to that point. Until the day that we die, we each have a calling from God here on this earth, something that he has planned for us. And the centerpiece of that is growing every day and learning how to love more and more in the way that God does. So if Paul feels it's necessary to pray that that the the Thessalonians' love continue to grow, when they're already excelling so much in this area, he has to have known that it's possible for their love to diminish. He had to have known that there's a possibility that their love can diminish. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, that's not me. My capacity to love is never going to diminish. I'm, I'm too tuned into God and his heart and it will never happen to me. If that's you this morning, I would caution you that there are biblical examples of entire churches that along the way probably felt the same way, but got so wrapped up in their deeds and good works that they lost sight of the love of God. In the book of Revelation, it's a prophecy, and Jesus it talks distinctly to seven churches. One of them is the church, church uh, in Ephesus, and he has kind of a, a reprimand for them. And he says this in chapter 2. He's talk, again, he's talking to the church of Ephesus. He says, You have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have uh, left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. The church of Ephesus excelled in a lot of things. They had knowledge. They had discernment, they had wisdom, they were were walking faithfully, but they had forgotten the love that had brought them to Jesus in the first place. It is possible to excel in the knowledge of God without excelling in the love of God. And that's where the Ephesians were. They had come to a place of acknowledging truth intellectually rather than living it out and living out God's love. They had come a long way on the journey towards fulfilling their calling, but they had stopped to set up camp partway before they got the whole way there. And they assumed that they were doing so so much better than others. They knew so much more than others and had been faithful to God for quite some time. They had to have reasoned with themselves that, that they could stop where they were and rest. That their love muscle didn't have to get stronger. They were good. But Jesus' message was very clear to them. He says, you lost your first love. You lost the most important thing, love for God and love for others, and he tells them to repent. And church, if we have any inkling that we're part of that as well or we've lost our first love, we have to repent as well. One of the biggest temptations in the Christian walk is to compare ourselves with others, to say, you know, this, this person's not loving very well. I'm, I'm doing better than him, so I must be doing all right. To me, that's, that's not the way we should be looking at it. We're rationalizing. Rather, we should be comparing our love to the love that Jesus showed when he laid down his life, nailed our sins to the cross, and changed eternity with us in mind. We should be trying to love more like Jesus, not more like our neighbor. And emulate the sacrificial love that he has for each and every one of us. Jesus also warned that in the last days, that there would also be, others would also falter in this area. Matthew 24, 12 says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. You know, the stuff Pastor Sean was talking about this morning clearly there's not, there's not love between those people. We can never take for granted the love that God has given us so freely. He gave it to us. We really don't have to do anything for it. We have to fight the temptation to be complacent, though, to neglect our relationship with God and the love that he wants to show others through us. That's, that's, that should be our goal, to show God's love to other people. If you sense your heart is growing cold, you know, we can fan that flame of love back into our lives by exercising the spiritual muscle that the love of God poured so bountifully into our hearts. That's what God wants from us. At its root, this is like a use it or lose it message. If you use your muscle, it's going to get bigger. If you don't, it's going to atrophy and weaken. Paul wanted the Thessalonians to be firmly grounded in their faith through the active growth of their love active growth. Paul's prayer for the Thessalonians and God's desire for us, the Anolians, the Mechanicsburgians, the Dillsburgians, whateverians, that we would, his, his desire was that we would be firmly grounded in our faith through the active growth of God's love in us. And that God would give us renewed strength for our faith journey until he comes or we go. So, to, to close up here, I, I have another video for you to watch. It's um, one of our Daybreaker, Joe Harker, you probably recognize him from, he, he plays on the worship team from time to time here at GHR, but I'd like you to hear Joe's story. It's a, it's a great testimony to the importance of sharing God's love in a community of believers and how in, in recent days his faith has just been ignited through God's love and growing and overflowing in his life.
2: Most people probably recognize me as a, as a worship leader on stage. Um, and when I think about leading worship at daybreak, I know for certain that the times when I'm on stage with my guitar, singing in front of the congregation, are the times when I've always felt most connected to God. But every Sunday morning, the guitar goes back in its case and I leave the stage and I leave the church and I return back to the rest of my life where I feel very isolated and, uh, and misunderstood. There was no place that it was more evident that my inward journey was creating a huge problem than in, re- in the relationship with my wife. The two of us have had some real heart-to-heart conversations wondering why there still seems to be a piece of our relationship missing, a a connection piece, an understanding piece. We always hear about community and and connectedness and and God's love, Um, but I was really struggling to figure out how that was going to play out for me. So this year when Daybreak announced that that they'd be once again sending teams out, It wasn't long before Rick came alongside me and put his arm around me and said, you know, you've been saying no all along. And uh, he very graciously said, if the answer's no again this year, that's okay. I understand. But I just want to let you know that I really just want to go on a missions trip with my friend. I'm sure there was a lot more to it that morning. But I remember packing up my guitar at the end of the service and going home and telling my wife that I'm going to Ecuador. So I walked into my first missions meeting and found a room full of people that, apart from a few friends, uh, were people that I didn't know. and that the old me probably would have just been okay with that. So one of the first exercises that we had to do in these missions meetings was to, to come up with a scripture verse that would serve as our personal verse for the trip. There weren't really any that jumped right up to the to the top of my head so I thought about that some more and prayed about it. The verse that I that I chose as my verse uh, is Pastor Rick's verse, John ten ten, that the thief, the enemy, the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I come, Jesus comes, and you may have life and have it to the full things that I've experienced, the relationships that I've developed, made me realize that a full life is one that includes other people, Uh, that you, when you open yourself up in that way, you can speak into the lives of others with the things that God has has given you, Um, but you can also, you're then also open to be spoken into um, by the people that God has put around you. And... I'm certain that that wouldn't have happened too uh, had I not been in Ecuador. And it's only been a few days since I've been home from Ecuador. But when I shared even just a glimpse of what God had done in my heart with my wife, we both were crying. And I never before realized that the thing that was growing in our relationship, the wedge that was being driven before us, that I knew in John 10.10 was the enemy trying to steal God's love out of our relationship. What I learned about myself in Ecuador was that missing piece for introverts like me to still realize the full and abundant life that God has for us that He specifically has for me but it can only be realized in community with other people it can only be realized when you have a true and living sense for God's love
0: What a great word! So I'm going to pray in a minute, but before I do that, I want you to consider Joe's testimony, and he's been on quite a journey. And I want you to consider um, the, the worst team is going to come up here and play in a minute. I want you to consider the journey that God has you on. You know, the journey of love, active love that God has you on. And a big part of Joe's testimony is the church family that, that surrounded him and was able to speak into him. And kind of tell him, you know, through their actions, the love that God has for him. And the thing that I want you to think about and pray about is, like, who are those people in your life? Who is challenging you to, a, to that active love? Who is overflowing into your life? And whose life are you overflowing into? Your love, that is. So think about that as, as, as the praise band plays, but um, also... If any, any part of the message today resonated with you or you just want some prayer about something, there's, there's response cards in your, in your program, guides. You can drop them in the black bin as you leave, but we would love as, as a, a prayer team to, to come alongside you and pray with you. Would you pray with me right now? Father God, thank you again so much for your love, your active love in our lives. I ask that even now you're cultivating a sense of love in us, that our love muscles are growing, that you would be that spiritual workout partner for us. We don't want our love muscle to shrink. We want your love to flow out of us into other people and be that magnet for others that that, that draws people to you. And I pray that we, we have encounters with people in our lives that would do that for us, Lord that we could speak into and they could speak into us about your love, God. We love you, God, and let our love be, be an act active, of an active worship for you and, and let our love just be um, a strong thing for you in our relationship and our journey with you, God. In Jesus' name.